The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Hope you're all having a great day. And we continue on celebrating this year, the 25th anniversary of the signing of the great Americans with Disabilities Act. And before I start, hey, special shout out to my friend Yoshiko Dart. And if you don't know Yoshiko, you're missing out. Um, a great hero passed away several years ago, Justin Dart, really known as the general of the ADA. So well-loved, so thought of, highly thought of. And guess what? Yoshiko is carrying on that spirit and that dream. And Yoshiko, I know you listen to every show. Love you. We love you. Keep on leading on. Speaking of leading on, oh, does that fit our guest today? Oh, it so fits her. She is one of my favorite new friends. As you all know, We've had Senator Harkin on, the Secretary of Labor, Tom Perez, but you know that every so often I just have to have a Pittsburgh company or a Pittsburgh executive because you all know this is my hometown and I just love Pittsburgh. And this woman, she is Pittsburgh. She is. She is a champion for the community. She has incredible passion. She is at an executive level of one of the great organizations, PNC Bank, home of PNC Park, my favorite. Welcome to the show, Andrea Corelli. Why, thank you, Joyce. What uh, a lovely introduction. I hope I can live up to uh, your words. It's well, really you an honor will, and you already are living up to my words. <laughs> if you would meet, here's how I would describe Andrea Corelli, fireball. That, that's how I describe her. But a very wonderful, loving fireball. She is just, can't speak highly enough of her. Well, and thank so, you. I feel the same about you. Well, uh, love you, Andrea. And exactly. I know my guests are going to love you. Uh, listen, I think we'll start, if you don't mind, telling everyone what you do at PNC. Sure. Well, I'm Senior Vice President of uh, Client and Community Relations, and I have a fabulous job with a great company. I work directly for the president of the bank, and I've actually been here for about 28 years. On a day-to-day basis, I'm considered the president's chief of staff. He relies on me for almost everything that affects our customers, employees, and the shareholders in the Pittsburgh market. I uh, manage all the internal and external communications for nearly 8,000 employees in Pittsburgh. I also oversee all marketing and community relations in our market. Um, 
one of the really cool aspects of my job is that I get a chance to handle all the sports contracts in Pittsburgh. So as the official bank of the Steelers, the Penguins, and the Pirates, I uh, get a chance to interact with the front office staff of these organizations, and we have wonderful partnerships. And one of the great things in my professional life is that I helped uh, to... Uh, be a part of the team that created and designed PNC Park. So, Joyce, you mentioned that at the top of the show, and I appreciate it. It really is one of the greatest baseball parks in America, and we're so proud of it. It is. It is. And you, I know, my listeners know, I am passionate Pittsburgh Pirates fan. I'm turning around. I see Roberto Clemente. I see Steve Blass, Bill Mazeroski all in my office on the wall. I just want to tell you about PNC Park. Not only is it hands down the most beautiful park in the country, did you all know it's the most accessible? I'm meaning captioning. I'm meaning in live open captioning. I'm meaning a chairs that move if you're deaf and have an interpreter. I'm meaning you have a uh, can plug in your charger for your uh, wheelchair. I mean, oh, and you can sit wherever you want. It's not, okay, all people with disabilities over here. It is just, if you haven't seen it, you've got to come to Pittsburgh and see PNC Park. It is absolutely, you did a great job, Andrea. Thank you. And, and, and Joyce, I'm glad you mentioned it because it was designed for people that had some challenges uh, so it caters to everyone, and to your listeners out there, I invite you to come to our park, and if you ever need any assistance, please call me or call Joyce, and she can get in touch with me, and I will make sure that you have a wonderful experience at the ballpark. Oh, and that is so nice of you, and uh, I'm, I'm not kidding. You need to come and see this park. You will love it. Everyone will love it, but especially people with disabilities. So here we are. We're talking about PNC, and here's my opinion about PNC. Always giving back. It doesn't matter. It just seems no matter what it is, I always see the name PNC. You know, and it's always been like that. It has always been a company that's committed to the community, that does a lot for the business community, um, and my question, Andrea, what do you think has created this culture at the bank of giving back so generously to not just, you know, working with these sports organizations, but giving back to the community, to the disadvantaged, just to so much? What would you say? What, is, what has created that? Well, Joyce, with that question, a PNC's bedrock philosophy has always been giving back to our community, and not just in a small way, but in a really big way. I've been here, as I said, about 28 years, and our culture really stems back uh, from beginning with our chairman. I've had the pleasure of working with Jim Rohr, who recently retired, and um, and my direct boss is Cy Holzer, but both of those men are so committed uh, to serving our community with donations, with uh, sponsorship money, with volunteerism. Uh, I'm on the board of the PNC Foundation, and 
on a monthly basis, we give away millions and millions each year to ensure that our community remains strong. Pittsburgh is a wonderful place, and all of us need to remember that if we do business in this market, we need to take care of this market, meaning Pittsburgh. Uh, we're one of the top three contributors to the United Way, and uh, we do so much in sponsorship money and foundation grants, but those organizations that we miss, we are able to capture with our uh, large, large donations to the United Way, and uh, PNC is also committed to early childhood education. We uh, created a program, and actually under Jim Rohr's leadership, uh, a number of years ago called Grow Up Great, and it's a $350 million initiative that began in 2004 to help prepare children from birth to age five for success in school and life. And actually today, I, I hate to brag, but I will, the program has served more than two million children, and uh, we've given, as I said, millions of millions, and I get a chance to see the children that benefit from this program. And so it's really heartwarming. And as I say, PNC is a place that believes that to be successful in our community, we really need to give back. Now, who who receives that fund for that program you're talking about? Uh, well, these are these are to prepare children from birth to age five. We adopt schools in the community. We work very closely with uh, Sesame Street and the uh, Fred Rogers group to ensure that these children get books and teachers and learning aids because statistics show, unfortunately, if children don't have a basic knowledge by the time they get to first grade, it, it, it doesn't serve them well in life. And so well, we're you know just what? committed. You know what? That is such a great thing you're doing. Well, it, it really is. is because that's really where it starts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, it, you know, in our community, we've, we've got to teach children in this progressive world to read the, basic, the basics of, of uh, communication. And without it, I, I, you know, I don't have all the statistics in front of me, but they don't do well in school, uh, no college, and then unfortunately later in life there's a, a high rate of kids that just uh, never succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to mention uh, something when you were talking earlier about Jim Rohr. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you know... He was just at the epilepsy walk a few weeks ago mm-hmm. here at PNC Park. Epilepsy, and as all my listeners know, I'm living with epilepsy, so this is really something special to me. Do you know he was there and he and his family made a generous donation to the Epilepsy Foundation? I and believe I was it. so excited he was there that I called him up on stage with me. Oh, that's great. You know, Jim is an unsung hero in this community. I, I don't, uh, one of the great things about my job is that I, I do get a chance to give away the bank's money. And Jim has always given me, um, I can't say total control because there are committees and, and policies, but if we couldn't do it as an organization, he would step up and write a personal check. And uh, he really and truly has helped Pittsburgh become or actually created the third renaissance. And uh, so Jim is near and dear to my heart. I've worked with him for well over 25 years, and uh, I just can't say enough about the man he is. He's just a generous person. He is. 
He is. He's another example of Mr. Pittsburgh. Yes, Jim he Moore. is. He is yes, of Mr. He is. Pittsburgh. Okay, well, folks, we're going to go to break, and then we'll be back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Andrea Corelli. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom, and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone. If you just joined us, we're talking to Andrea Corelli. Senior Vice President and Director of Client and Community Relations at PNC Bank. Okay, get ready, Andrea. Get ready. I'm going to talk about something that I know you love, I love, and we both love this program so much. And by the way, everyone, this is how I first had the great pleasure of meeting Andrea. And I'm talking about that My Bike program. So, Andrea, how are we so lucky to get you involved, and can you talk a little bit about the program and what that's meant to you? Sure. Well, first off and foremost, thank you for bringing up this wonderful program that helps so many children and families. Uh, This program is near and dear to my heart. I don't know uh, how many of your listeners are familiar with the Variety Club, uh, but Charlie LaValle, the CEO who calls himself the Chief Entertainment Officer, was actually in my office uh, about two years ago, and I had never met him before. But he came in to talk about uh, PNC and if we would be involved with their Variety Club gala. 
And, of course, yes, we wanted to give back. And as he was leaving, he mentioned a new program that uh, they were trying to get off the ground called My Bike. And my ears perked up. No matter how busy uh, we all get in the, in the day, and, and believe me, I was busy that day, I, I said to my assistant, hold on a minute, I need about 10 more minutes with Charlie. And uh, so he started to describe uh, a program that they were trying to get off the ground of providing uh, children with disabilities an adaptive bike so that they could actually ride a bike and have their own bike. And uh, I thought to myself, what a fabulous program. I, come on, when we were kids, I don't know about you, but riding my bike was one of the greatest adventures for me in the summer. I would get on my bike for hours, and I would go everywhere but at, at home. I mean, I'd ride till in Pittsburgh, we used to say the street lights came on. That's showing my age. But anyway, Charlie was nervous that it might be hard to raise funds for these adaptive bikes, and they cost about $1,800 a piece. They're custom-made to fit the, uh, the individual child. But then right then and there, I said, Charlie, I'll tell you what, I will become involved, and when I do uh, lend my time, I make it a passion of mine to make sure it's successful. So I said to him, I'm going to write you the first check to get the program started, and I did, and he was incredulous. But I said, hey, don't worry about it. We will make sure this succeeds. And so uh, at that time, it was November, and we set a goal to raise about 100 bikes so children could have them by Christmas. Well, there's more to this story, and I doubt we have time to go into all the specifics, but I am really proud to say that we raised over 300 bikes in about six weeks. Uh, and that was two years ago. And uh, the really great news is we are now up to over 1,200 bikes and counting. And what that means is 1,200 children who otherwise would have to sit on the front porch and watch their siblings and neighbors ride up and down the street, they get to do that now. And like me when I was a kid, it's hard to get these children off their bikes. It has changed their lives in so, so many ways, and we get letters and, uh, from, from families whenever we have bike presentations. There's not a dry eye in the house, and you can't get these kids rain or shine. They're out in the parking lot before they even put the bikes in their cars. So it is something that all of us involved feel not only great about the fact that it's helping children and uh, families but it gives us a sense of satisfaction. And I do tell the story that I, have a, I had a pink bike and uh, insisted that, that they create a pink color, and now it's one of the more popular colors, and the girls just love it. And uh, it, like I say, it's, nothing is more rewarding than to see a child's face when he receives his bike for the very first time. And Charlie says to me daily, how are you able to raise this money? And believe me, I don't do it alone. But when I see someone, I always say, do you remember your first bike? That's an opening line, and you can't. I always walk away with a check. And uh, so we just are so pleased with this program, and it's spreading not only in Pittsburgh but into the surrounding areas, and uh, it's just a wonderful program. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, see, if you're listening to this show, do you see what one person can do? One person. You know, this is the thing about Andrea. Some people, they really 
yeah, I want to help, but then some people really do. Now, you know she had no reason to do this. I mean, I'm sure Charlie, well, I know Charlie was shocked, shocked and thrilled. But because of Andrea doing that, you know how she was talking about seeing the joy uh, on this child's face in the family. I have been, I mean, here we have bikes, so you understand, that are accessible for children with disabilities who normally would be unable to have a bike or ride a bike. So it is accessible in all different fashions according to the disability. Well, I have been there. When they, a child gets this bike, and when I say beaming, I mean everyone else crying, sister, brother, mother, father. I mean a child with Down syndrome or in a wheelchair, autism, I don't care what it is. Just as Andrea said, You know, you remember when you got that bike. I remember those uh, that the horn I insisted on having on (laughs) my bike. You remember your bike, but see, when you see kids playing outside, playing, riding their bike, but there you are, can't be included. Oh, what a day of freedom when you can be. And Andrea, do you not agree? The family also has a huge reaction to this oh oh without question there the especially the siblings of course the mother and the father are pleased as can be and happy but these siblings they now get a chance to ride their bikes with their with their their brother or sister and it brings them closer uh the 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 child that gets the bike feels as if he's he's not confi- he or she is not confined anymore, and it's it's the it's the brothers and sisters that are uh, so inspiring. They're proud that their brother and sister can now come out and ride with them and play and not have to be on the porch or in the house playing a video game, and it, and it shows the statistics have also showed that these kids are now able to use a muscle group that maybe they haven't been able to use in the past because they are pedaling these bikes themselves. Now, again, they're adaptive, but, you know, these kids don't act like they have a a disability. They're out in front uh, with all the kids, and they're just just so happy, and and they're kids for a while, you know? They don't have to be in the hospital taking a test or whatever. They're out in the sunshine with their brothers and sisters, with the other neighborhood kids, and uh, it's just such a rewarding experience to see these kids. It is. And, and just as you said, it helps so many ways. Um, but here, if you're listening to the show right now, listen, you can make a difference because you can purchase a bike at Variety the Children's Charity in Pittsburgh, PA. And you know what? Even if you can only make a $10 contribution or a $50 contribution, any contribution, you are helping us make a difference. That's why sometimes what people do is they will say, here's $10 for a helmet or here's this for one of the uh, pedals. So, I mean, every contribution that you make is important. Everything. There is no too little. Am I right? 
Oh, absolutely. We we have a program called Build a Bike, and it's exactly what you're saying, Joyce. $25 gets a pedal. $10 gets a seat. Uh, I think $15 gets tires or, or, or whatever amount. It doesn't matter. But that goes towards the Build a Bike program, and that has been so successful, especially with children because they collect money and then bring it, and they're so proud that they have helped build a bike for someone. And it's just amazing. And that would be varietypittsburgh.org, varietypittsburgh.org, and also on Facebook. If you go to Variety Children's Charity of Pittsburgh on Facebook, you will be able to see some of those photographs. Uh, I mean, the last story I'll tell about this is when I was at one of was at the gala we have every year, and uh, we see many of the children on their bikes, and this one little girl with Down syndrome, Emily, came in on her bike with this huge smile on her face, waving to the crowd as if she was, you know, Miss America on, you know, going through a parade. I mean, she was so thrilled. And, wow, that really got to me. But please, varietypittsburgh.org, as Andrea told you, build a bike. We did it right here at Bender, actually several times now, and it is just so worth it. It really is. But right now we're going to get ready to go to break. We've been talking to Andrea Corelli, the Senior Vice President and Director of Client and Community Relations at PNC Bank and truly a champion for children, as I just told you at Variety, the children's charity. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., 
and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom, and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone. We're talking to Andrea Corelli, Senior Vice President and Director of Client and Community Relations at PNC Bank. So, Andrea... Look, we're already talking about all these great things you do for variety, and there's just so many other. I can't think of how many there would be. But I know there's one group that you have a great passion for, and that would be the Women's Center and Shelter of Pittsburgh. And just a few weeks ago, I had Cheryl Regan on my show, the CEO, because I decided, wow, this is such an issue that I'm going to have the shelter and then I'm going to have Andrea on because I have to tell you, I was absolutely mortified, horrified, and shocked uh, when I saw all the information, all the data that I just know very few people know how many women are victims of violence. I know they are. Um, and so anyway, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. And then uh, after that, why you think women possibly listening to the show today are afraid to seek help? Sure, Joyce. Um, I, I know you know this, and I make no secret of it. I uh, was in a very abusive marriage for 25 years. And the reason I stayed is, um, and I think a lot of women stay in abusive relationships, is because, and at least for me, I always tried to make him become the man I thought he could be. Uh, and failure in my marriage was something I, I just couldn't comprehend. I, I didn't realize or, or notice the warning signs because... Um, you know, speaking from experience, an abusive situation can grind you down emotionally. I speak um, to groups all the time about this, and there's a stigma that's, I think, associated with abused women and um, and people that are or women that are in relationships uh, that they might not even be married. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I'm focusing my attention on right now is young women, young girls in school, the, the number is alarming that how many of these young teenagers are in abusive relationships and they're afraid or don't know how to get out of. Uh, but when you are in an abusive situation, you start to believe that you aren't worth very much because the abuser, to get control or power over you, will say, oh, you're not worth anything, uh, you're stupid, you start to walk on eggshells in your own in your own home, and one of the things I, I say to women is, do you, you look within yourself? Do you feel that your relationship is healthy? 
by healthy, I mean, can you come and go as you please, talk to whoever you want, uh, are you, you're not afraid to come home at night for fear that his bad mood is going to spill over into violence. And um, I'm, sure, I'm sure that Cheryl mentioned the statistics uh, of how many women are abused, but especially for this show, women with disabilities make up a large group of abused women because I know they don't have a place to turn to. They don't know where. Uh, Economics is another issue that is hard for many women. Uh, When you finally decide, okay, I can't take it, I can't do it anymore and I'm going to leave, first thing is where am I going to go? He makes all the money. He controls the checkbook. You may have children. Well, they're going to have to leave their school district. Uh, and in my particular case, which is sad, although I didn't have children, is he threatened uh, me with my pets. That's another area that I'm getting involved in because a lot of people don't want to leave because of their children or their pets. And it's difficult. Uh, and I'm not going to, pre- to pretend that there's a simple solution to it. But the number one thing I always tell women is talk to someone about it be it a family member or someone at work or at your church, because it takes a bigger person than you to say, here's how to do it, and I will help you move on. Because you can't do it alone. And I, um, the Women's Center and Shelter for me, uh, although I didn't use their services, I did contact them for advice, and, uh, and it, was, it was the turning point in my life. And again, after 25 years, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. And, um, and, and, and thank the blessed Lord that I got out when I did, because I am convinced that I wouldn't be here today. Wow. Yeah. So we're thinking then that, um, you know, I would have to say from everything I saw and read that if, if you don't finally decide to take action, you really could end up, I hate to say this, but dying. Sure. Look at every day you turn on the news and you hear of this. And the other thing that, obviously, death is bad, but you're you're passing that legacy of violence on to the children that are seeing it. It all of a sudden it becomes okay for uh, for them to hit their schoolmates, or as they get older, uh, continue that cycle of violence. And so if you don't, if women don't leave for themselves. Do it for your children. Show them that it's not okay in any situation to hit another person. And I mean that for girls, too. Don't, uh, don't hit your spouse or your boyfriend or anybody because they may just hit you back. All of us should adhere to the fact that no one, no matter what the situation, deserves to be punched or kicked or choked. It's not acceptable. And um, it's... It, Unfortunately for me, it took a long time till I finally got up the nerve to, to say, I'm done with this. And uh, as I say, kids today, they, I, I, we've got to break this cycle of violence somehow. So do it for, for children. And that's what I tell a lot of the, the, uh, the women that come to hear me speak. Yeah, let me ask you this question. What was it that finally gave you the strength to do this? 
You know the old expression, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back? My husband had been to a Steelers game with my mother. Uh, I was at home in front of the fire. It was two days after Christmas in front of the fireplace with Christmas carols playing, and the lights were on, and he came in drunk and had had a fight with my mother and uh, put his fist in my face and said, choose between me or your mother. And at that moment, I knew that it was never going to change with me. Uh, It was always going to be one situation after another. He, He would drink, come home, and find a reason to be abusive. And so that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Actually, when he uh, turned his back, I grabbed the keys and ran out of the house, in bare, barefooted, I might add, and uh, went to my mother's house, and I never went back, never. I gave him everything, including um, all the clothes, my personal things. I never went back because I had to make that break. And believe me, he tried like crazy to get me back, and it was hard. But I knew that my life was never going to change unless I took it upon myself to say enough, and um, and that's my story. And it's it it's it was difficult at first, but again, I, I it was better in the long run. Well, let let me just say something about this. I want to say that if you would meet Andrea. Which everyone should get to meet this wonderful woman. But if you would meet her, remember, senior vice president and so, like, confident and just so outgoing. And you would never think this. Never. Never, never, never. I appreciate it because one of the things I say to uh, women or to groups that I speak with, at work, in my professional life, I am as tough as nails. I stand toe-to-toe with chairmen, presidents, and CEOs of companies. I make major presentations. I'm on TV. I do speaking engagements. You would never know it, but when I got home, I was a different person. The minute I walked in that door, he took control and made me feel like dirt. And and the other thing is it was always, did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? It, It got to a point where... I, I was on eggshells, and, and you're right. And, and so a lot of times you don't realize during the day how many women are actually being abused. And it takes a, it just one in seven, I'm sorry, it, it takes a woman seven times leaving before they'll finally leave for good because these guys have a way of, uh, oh, I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again. And you want to believe they're the men you thought they were. You, you want, as women, we want to succeed. We don't want to fail. We give every benefit of the doubt. But I'm here to say the very first punch, slap, kick, whatever it is, it's not going to be the last. That I can guarantee you of. Leave while you can. Yeah, so if you're listening to the show, I want to say this, what she just said, one time, that's it. One time? One time is enough because guess what? It won't be one time. No, it won't. Once the person can do that, it won't be one time. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. And another statistic is one in three women are abused. And I tell large women, groups of women, one in three, there might be 300 women listening to me. Do the math. There's a lot of women in this audience or, in the, or your listeners that are experiencing this. And I hope by hearing my story... 
And it's difficult to tell my story because I am a successful woman. But if I can help one person not experience the rest of their life feeling like they're less than than uh, a, a good, wonderful mother or a person, please get out, if not for you, but for your kids. Yeah, and I'm telling you, Andrea Corelli, you know what? Andrea, you are a blessing from God. You oh, remind me of how people do not want to talk about the stigma of epilepsy as I talk about it or the stigma mm-hmm. uh, of other disabilities. They're ashamed to tell anyone. And you doing this, what greater thing could you do than save a life? And that's what you're probably doing. So, I mean, just uh, I just think, it's, I just think you're wonderful. Well, I, so, I thank you. Andrea, you talked about uh, very briefly about the Angels Fund. What is that? What is the Angels Fund? Well, a number of years ago, I decided to set up a fund at Christmas to help women who use uh, the services of the Women's Center and Shelter. And normally, contributions that go to the the shelter uh, are used by administration for whatever, repairs, salaries, uh, food, uh, whatever they use it for. But With the help of my hair salon, Zazu, these guys are so great, I decided to set up a giving tree in their locations. And um, and I'm so proud that it has been such a success for many years. And basically, at the holidays, on the tree, just like any giving tree, there will be, I have these really nice angels, and on the back of them, it says uh, a personal item, whatever it might be. But And as a result, we collect hundreds of personal items for the shelter. But another, but what Another thing that we have on the tree, and I, I get so excited talking about it, that's why I'm stuttering a little bit, but we ask them for donations as well. And we've raised probably twenty to $25,000 in um, financial to raise money for uh, women to use whatever they need to make them feel better. And what that means is if they need a manicure, a haircut, take the kids to the latest movie, it's money that can be used in some small way that helps these women feel that they have control over their lives again. Because one of the things when you're in an abusive situation is you're stripped of control. The abuser has controlled you for so many years. And so when you go to the shelter, which is, it's difficult. You're, you're uprooting your children. You don't know where to turn. This money is used so that they can go to Barbara Nicholas, who's the development director, and say, hey, you know, I, my kids really want to see the new Batman movie, but I, I have nothing because, like in my case, you leave with hardly anything. I ran out in my bare feet, and many times these families are brought to the shelter by the police, so they didn't have time to collect anything. And as women, we all know what a manicure or a new haircut can do to lift our spirits. And so that's what that money is for and nothing else. It's for use it and for you and your kids to go out and do whatever you want to do so that you feel like you're normal. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, that is just awesome. That is awesome. So if you want to find out about that, you go to the uh, Women's Center. Center.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, you heard yeah, it. Yeah, and there's a tab that says Angels Fund, and that's what that's what that's for. 
Well, you know, Andrea, as you can see, just by talking about all these great things, uh, I believe Pittsburgh's a very, very generous community. I mean, more than others. I just believe it's a city where so many people want to give back. Um, I don't know. Do you feel like that? And, and, And if so, why do you think that is? Joyce, you are 100% correct. Uh, No matter where I go or who I meet, I run into someone from Pittsburgh. Uh, This is a special town. Uh, people not only give their money, uh, but their time. It's, it's, and in some cases, if you ask, if a stranger asks for directions, people will actually take them to where they need to go. And I know that from experience because I drove somebody to the airport one time when they couldn't find a cab. But um, I'm on the board of, the, of Visit Pittsburgh, and everyone says the same thing when they come to Pittsburgh. They can't believe how friendly and helpful our, our uh, community is. I mean, when I think of even our foundations, we give, I, I'm not sure if your listeners realize, but we have a, a number of generous foundations in our community, and they help in so many different ways. Uh, I'm also involved in uh, the Turkey Fund. I don't know if your listeners are aware mm-hmm. of that. It, it, mm-hmm. At Thanksgiving, $15 will buy a family a hot Thanksgiving meal. Every year, we, our records, we break records on that because we do just a couple of promotions, and this has been going on for a number of years, but people earmark in their budget money to make sure that they can give to the, to the turkey fund or whatever else is out there uh, at the holiday time, and it is just amazing. Uh, I also ring the bell for the Salvation Army under uh, what was known as Kaufman's Clock, and uh, my friend and I have done that for the last 15 years. And um, it's Christmas Eve. Oh, when do you do that? You have to tell me. Well, well, it's Christmas Eve, the last shift on Christmas Eve. Are you kidding? uh, I'm not kidding you, and I'll tell you the truth. I have the the people that give. They might put in a dollar or fifty cents. But they all say the same thing. The Salvation Army was there to help me when I really needed it. Little kids come up and put in a couple of dollars and say that they saved for this purpose only out of their, their lunch money or whatever. I see little kids, and, it, and I think that's the, the, the great thing about our community is it's a legacy that we pass down of giving and supporting one another in this town. People will say, oh, my grandmother told me about how they helped. Or my family, we take a collection up uh, instead of buying each other gifts. It is just amazing. And these little kids come up, and they are so proud to help somebody. And, I I mean, it's just a a community unlike any I've ever seen before. And on Christmas Eve, that uh, that last bucket when they pick it up, it's always filled to the brim. And that starts my holiday season, actually. Because wow. I feel so good about it. Oh, yes. And you know what? Uh, my father's 90 years old. And when he was in World War II, mm-hmm. one, and he had nothing, and he saw this place with lights on and said, I wonder what that is. And he went in and they said, come on in, sailor. You know, we'll give you something to eat. And he said, I'm sorry, I don't have money and they said what do you mean this is free and it was the salvation army and from that day on my dad tells me that story all the time and he's 90 oh. 
So I, too, have a special place in my heart for the Salvation Army. But there you go. Your point. Everyone in Pittsburgh is like this. And you know what? I have. Do you have any idea why? Why they're so generous? I think yeah. it's because it's been passed down from from generation to generation. Because Pittsburgh in the early days, it was a tough town. Uh, there were a lot of immigrants here in the city. Uh, that, that, and as you know, Joyce, we still have pockets of them from Polish Hill to Little Italy. Uh, and uh, I just think that, number one, people, if they leave Pittsburgh, ultimately come back because it's such a, uh, a wonderful and caring community. And I do believe that it's passed on from generation to generation. It's just part of the fabric of who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, look, you, you do so many great things that I just know someone, somewhere, had to have an impact on you. Um, and so who is that? Who would you say is your role model? Well, from an early age, my grandmother, uh, God bless her soul, instilled in me a deep faith in God and a servant's heart. She told me it, when I was little, and it, it stuck with me, she told me that Christianity is an attitude. You know, we have all these denominations and all that, whatever that is, but it's an attitude. It's how we approach life every day. And growing up, she would tell me stories that always ended with the, the moral of the story was uh, being true to God and to my faith. She's, my, as a matter of fact, my sister and I were going to make a children's book up about it because they, they, she just made these up, and, but we never got a chance to do it. But she epitomized to me Christian char, uh, charity. Um, in fact, I, um, I live by a saying that was on her wall until the day she died. She got it from Mother Teresa. And if you have a second, I'll say it quickly. People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of selfish or ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you're successful, you'll win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you're honest and sincere, People may deceive you. Be honest and, and sincere anyway. What, you're, what you spend years crea- creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today might be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the best you have. And it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis... It's between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. And I wow, that is so good. You know, in this world, people think you're doing stuff for praise or to be on radio shows or to get awards. No, that's not what it's about. It says it right in that, those simple words. It's about you and God. And it's not about what people think of you. That's right, because that you're not going to face them. You're going to no. face him. Yeah, I I agree with you. I am totally with you on that, uh, Andrea. Well, Well, of course, and I'm not surprised that this show went so fast that it is almost to the end. So I have to ask you, um, Andrea, if you had one thing you could say was your greatest accomplishment, what, what would you consider that to be? Well, once again, I'm going to go back to my grandmother. 
when I was a kid, she, uh, and of course, as I moved through my life, the Bible was always very important to us. And, and she stressed to me one time, um, it, it, as a kid, I was always wide-eyed, and she read me a passage from Hebrews, and Jesus said, Never pass by anyone <clears throat> who needs your help. They just might be angels in disguise. Mm-hmm. One of my and favorite I, verses. Yes, and I, I will see people, and even though I'm super busy and they need a handout or whatever, I think to myself, stop. Our community not only might be better for helping this person, but it just might be an angel in disguise. And so that, I hope, is my greatest accomplishment, that I'm sure I've passed by somebody, but I've tried very hard to always stop and say, hey, how can I help? Um, and, I, and I hope that when I face my, my Lord and Savior, he says to me, "Good, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm hoping he says that, but if you really knew me, <laughs> he might say, what were you thinking? Well, knowing that I know you, I'm sure he will say that. Oh, well, I appreciate that. So, Andrea, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Simple. My message would be to help one another, to take care of each other. Uh, get involved, no matter whether they are young or old or in between. All of us have the power and possess the ability to help somebody. Does it have to always be financial? Of course not. But when you see somebody in need, please help them. Uh, I know when I speak to a lot of groups, I say to, uh, especially the women, give up a pedicure or a manicure, or you know that purse you're carrying that may be $200, get that money, set it aside just one month for somebody in need, be it the uh, Angels Fund or the Build-A-Bike program. Nickels and dimes add up. And so I think that at the end of the day when we, uh, we lay our head on the pillow, we can say, I helped somebody today, and boy, do I feel good. And um, I think that's what I'd like to leave with our listeners today. Help one another. We all need to take care of each other in this crazy world. Yeah, because you never know. It could be you that Mm -hmm. is that person that needs help someday. You just never know. Wow, if everyone would listen to this, wouldn't it be a great day? Angela Corelli, I cannot thank you enough for not only joining us, but for everything that you do. Well, thank so you, many. Joyce. Well, you do an awful lot, too, and, and uh, I'm, I'm very proud to be your friend. And uh, as I say, I, I just want to hope that we can continue to do good things in this community. And uh, I'm, again, honored to be on your show, so thanks for asking me. Absolutely. And we close the show with a quote, and today that quote is, and boy does it fit Andrea Corelli, a person who is successful has simply formed the habit of doing things that unsuccessful people will not do. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America. Hey, talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.